listening to the Hard Liquor Hunting Stories Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Bolt Action Coffee, Safari Club International, Calgary Chapter, and Best Satin Barbers. Production assistance provided by Fighting Spirit Productions. Now, kick back with a cold one, relax, and enjoy our show. Welcome, 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 everyone. You're listening to the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, joined by my co-host, Blair. Wow, fantastic intro, Blair. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, a really great friend of the show, Jeff Best. Jeff, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So, Jeff, do you mind if I give you a little brief introduction? A fantastic businessman, a super swell friend of mine. I, I don't know if he gives a shit about Blair. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. He's okay. Proud Hunter, proud Albertan. Jeff, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's nothing but a pleasure. When you, when you brought this up to me, it's like, I can't not do this. <laughs> and there's liquor and hunting, like. Come on. Oh, those are the two things that go together, like firearms and, well, anyway. <laughs> Misfires. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tonight we're drinking, I don't know, I was kind of hard-pressed to come up with a name for this. I really like whiskey sours. Jeff, I know you're a bourbon guy, so I I, I, Thank you. I picked something out that I thought would uh, wet your whistle quite well. And and seeing as how winter, I guess, is upon us, which seems rather strange uh, this early in the year. But anyway, we're, we're drinking, I don't know, it's either a maple sour or a northern sour. We've, we've got some Alabama bourbon with uh, a whole grip of maple syrup. I put some egg white in there. And then what else did I put in there? Oh, yes, yes, we got some lemon juice. Very fancy. Check it out on the HLHS podcast Instagram page. And I'm not going to lie. This is pretty awesome. This is pretty delicious. For some reason, it tastes like breakfast, but it feels like late evening. <laughs> well, I think you should call it a northern sour. I like northern sour. You know what I think? I would call it a northern sour if I had Canadian whiskey in it. So if I had rye in there, then then that's perhaps yeah. a little more telling. Alabama, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know much about Alabama whiskey, but you know what? I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's hitting the spot quite well. I have to say, I'm, I'm a huge bourbon fan, and I've never had... Like Alabama whiskey is the first time for me. Oh, man. So, well, I yeah. thought it was novel. And yeah. a lot of stuff we do on the show is for, well, novelty purposes. Because come on, why not, right? <laughs> so, so Jeff, what can you tell us about your life as a hunter, man? Like, where did, where did you start hunting? Where did you grow up hunting? What got you hooked, man? Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a great question. I, I started, um, like, I grew up in the South Okanagan of uh, British Columbia. So that's where I kind of went out my first few times and did a... Uh, you know, up there, it's all mule deer. And it's like, oh, he's pouring drinks. It's like, this is getting better all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and it was kind of, you know, basic, you know, deer run stuff out there. But then I moved, uh, well, if I moved, I mean, I was transferred kind of kicking and screaming to Prince George. <clears throat> and then uh, I was there for a while and then up to Fort St. John. So I got my whole northern exposure when I was up there. So that's where I got into moose and elk and you know, some of the more adventurous kind of stuff. And, and uh, then when I came down here, I, I kind of took a, a pause. I was on the road with my job all the time. And then I was finally, it's like just the last, I don't know, five or six years that I kind of got back into it. And it's just, uh, so I got a, a buddy that I go out with every year. And, and Yeah, uh, I think I got to meet him at uh, the dinner. You did a while the, back. Uh, yeah. yeah, the SCI dinner. And uh, he's, he's a good guy. He's got this crazy truck that's... Uh, it's like done Moab and everything with this thing. And it's, uh, Oh, that's awesome. It does everything but climb trees, you know? So yeah. we just go down these quad trails and, and, uh, and off we go. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you guys, you just got back from a hunt though. I, think I just got saying, back. Yeah. yeah. Last weekend I was out and, uh, it's his birthday. So it's sort of our tradition. I take him out there and, uh, pour bourbon down his throat till he vomits out the back of the camper. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think last time we talked, I don't know. I don't know if you're, you know what? I, I hope you share the story. You were, you were flying in, uh, an, I don't know, do I say an ultralight aircraft? I don't know, you were flying like in a plane into the backcountry somewhere? Yeah, one of those death trap aircraft. Yeah, one of the ones that are always spring, sprung all over the uh, the news. And yeah. you know what? Oh, man. I don't know if it's just it's been some time, but we were talking about this, I think, last time. 
Can, can you refresh my memory, man? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a hunting place we went to, and we go up for elk, and it was uh, right up at the end of the Rockies. We were right up by Terminus Mountain, and um, depending, how, sometimes we'd fly in. Usually, it would be like from Prince George, like which isn't exactly you know Metro Vancouver. Uh, we it would be about a ten hour drive eight hours on the jet boat and then four hours on horseback, you know, to go. So this is like the real deal. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It, it was, it was fantastic. We did this much years and <clears throat> we'd go up in, uh, we flew in a few times and I had this crazy guy and he, he, uh, he flew like, uh, I don't know. I think he had 10,000 hours, maybe more. And, and, uh, we'd land on this little ruddy dirt strip and we'd fly over and he'd be pointing out all of these carcasses, you know, cause it was kind of at the end of this blind valley and, and, you know, these guys would get up and be a little heavy, not going fast enough, get a power on stall and flip over. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, a little sporty, a little sporty every time we flew out. And the one, the, one, the story that you're, you're prompting me for is we were, uh, we were in this plane and we have like, I got an elk. So we have the belly full of elk. We have all our bags. We have two fat guys in the front, me being one of them. And then two guys in the back. And then in the cone of the plane, we have his daughter who's laying over the back of all this stuff. So we're just grossly, grossly overweight. And uh, I'm looking down this and the trees are right there. And it's like, oh, geez, this is not going to go well. So anyway, he gets us right back, gets the tail in the bush and bounce up and down and off we go. And finally, we sort of take off and we just uh, clear the trees. It was it was a done a lot of bush plane flying but that was uh, something that woke me yeah, up those little planes I, I have a buddy who flies and he says everybody who flies those little planes goes down once <laughs> it's just how you, you hope you go down lightly right <laughs> right no that was as close as i came i was i was quite uh yeah that was a sporty one we were we were really heavy like i just <laughs> i know enough to know <laughs> so so you're out there in the middle of nowhere, how do you guys get around? Do they have kind of like a, a base camp for you to kind of land in and work out out of? Was it a Jelano Field? Was it a float plane? Yeah, no, it's a gravel strip. It was, uh, uh, it's actually Ross Peck is the guide outfitter. I, I don't know if he's still doing it, but just a, just a phenomenal guy. And uh, it's all horseback. And so oh, they, they, wow. turn, they turn these horses loose all winter. They just go out and forage for themselves. So we were there early in the season and they were still half wild. Like they, they don't want to be ridden at this stage of things. And, uh, you know, we're up these, uh, up these mountains and, and, uh, it was just crazy. So, so you land in camp, he hands you a lasso and says, <laughs> pick the one you like. This, this is, this is the one. And, uh, uh, man. And, and the best part is we're, we're up there and I, I won't say his name cause it's embarrassing, but he was, he was like, He'd never been out, never been hunting, never really been and, in the bush. And that's his first. That's his experience? first. Yeah. First oh, time. Oh yeah. man, that is. Oh, oh. fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was so, so. And and the poor bugger. And, and like that night, like we had a pack of wolves come through. And oh and, wow, he and I were the only two open. You could see him sniffing under the door of the bunkhouse and everything. Like, it was so cool. I was just so it was so awesome, and he was just like, I just don't want to be here. And he, oh, <laughs> he fell asleep, and then he he woke up screaming. I guess he was having a nightmare, and it was like, oh, the claw hand's coming to get me, and, <laughs> and he's like, falls off his bed, and it wakes all like ten guys in the bug. I was like, oh man, what is, <laughs> what are you doing, my friend? <laughs> well, well, what's what's the saying? Everybody's into hunting until it's time to go and weather hits. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, fun oh, ends when this trigger gets squeezed or something. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you went out with that guy more than once, then? Um, yeah, we went out. I think f- like three or four years. We did this, maybe even five. I can't have to, you know, a long time ago. But uh, it was fantastic. And you know, get on the jet boat and coming down. It was the Musco River, right? And then you you you're halfway down, and then you're up on a gravel bar, and you have to get into this icy water and dig the boat off this gravel bar and refloat it. And it was, it was just uh, adventure hunting. I just loved it. Very so, so what animals did you guys uh, harvest? Did you chase? Did you pursue out there? It was, uh, well, we'd go out for elk. I'm a big fan of elk. Um, it's just uh, delicious. And uh, such a, a oh, cool animal. Oh. You're so spoiled. And they're it, it, exactly. And they're, you know, it's, um, I, I like the, the, the nature of it up there is it's all long shots. Like it's all like 300 yards across the valley kind of shots for these elk. It's not like the white tail I was just at. It's like, you know, hundred yards. And, so you got to worry about, you know, wind and different levels. And... 
yeah, you got to think about elevation yeah, size, you know, all that stuff, right? Which which comes to bear and and uh, uh, anyway, it was just lovely. And then they would dress it. They'd they'd have someone with a with a pack horse, and and uh, <laughs> it was it was actually really kind of. Uh, I almost felt bad. It was kind of decadent, right? Like you go out, you shoot it, and then next day, you know, they'd go out and quarter it up and take it back on the pack course for you back to camp, so you didn't even have to do the messy well, stuff. Well, hopefully, the flight restrictions didn't uh, didn't prohibit you from from bringing your favorite uh, fortification. <laughs> well, it's actually no. It's funny you mentioned that. It's it's a dry camp, right? Like it's uh, oh. it's dryish. Oh, oh right? yeah, yeah. I, right. I, like, I thought this was sounded like a really good trip. So you just told me. Yeah, that. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wait. Oh, oh, oh. It's, okay. it's, it's, we're all ears here. It's yeah. dry, basically. But don't leave your cabin, right? Yeah, uh, okay. if you're drinking, right? They uh, they don't want everyone who's who's there is working there and everything else exposed yeah, okay. to alcohol, right? So yeah. Oh man, that's wild. So so you just went out with them the one time, or you've been out with them a handful? Or? Nah, we went out like four or five times. It was oh, uh, yeah, it was just a wonderful trip, and and uh, you know the the flight out and like right off off of this, like there's a blind valley that if you take off and fly into this valley, like there, you don't have a climb rate enough that you can get over the, the, the end of the valley by the time you get there. So there's like, a, sure enough, there's a plane down at the bottom of this. You know, we fly over once we get altitude. So oh, man. I'm so, a big, I, I love flying. So, you know, oh, that's awesome. So yeah. the first time you went there, it was probably this cool new experience. And then after you went numerous times, did you bring new people with you or did you just kind of go with the same cadre? Of, it was of, always, of, it was actually the backstory is it was one of my clients um, in, in my past life. We did a lot of commercial lending and, he was kind of a kind of savvy around this is he'd get all of his key people. It was basically as an informal board of directors, but it was the people that sort of did the most uh, work for him, you know, like have his insurance guy, his banker, you know, his equipment finance guy, which was me and a few of the other kind of a few other contractors, people who were in a similar business and get them out there and talk business for sort of half a day and then go for a hunt in the afternoon or, or you know, go for the evening hunt. Well, it gives them an opportunity to show their fortitude, right? When you put them in a scenario like that. <laughs> True that. True that. No, back to, you know, it was his insurance guy that was, uh, that was uh, a, a little more, problem. a little more squishy. Than <laughs> a little <bit> squishier. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like an awesome trip. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if, you, if you book it again, let me know. And I would, uh, I would love to tag along because that, that sounds pretty rad. I'm not it, gonna lie. it is, you know, and it's like we went for elk, but they have everything up there, and they do a lot of um, a lot of uh, like sheep hunting up there. Okay, my bighorn sheep is uh, is a big deal. That's talk about having to work for your. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not so I'm not so sure footed anymore. So yeah. I, I keep saying <laughs> I want to do bighorn sheep, but I, I keep telling myself I got to get into shape first, and that hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> rounds of shape, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you're in a shape, Blair. <laughs> Although, so funny story. So Blair decides fairly recently, hey, I got to get back into shape. Looks in the mirror. Fuck, what am I doing with my life? And he says, hey, Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come work out with you. And I go, okay, cool, man. There's a workout park like fairly close to here. And Blair goes, yeah, man, I'm really going to work out my legs. And I go, really? That's, that's okay, whatever you do, you, man. So he starts sending it pretty hard, and then he decides he's going to do wind sprints after working his legs out <laughs> pretty When aggressive. I was a young man, I used to be a sprinter. Okay, well, okay, we'll, just, we'll just say, yeah, okay. So anyway, I don't know. He's trying to get in shape for hunting season, do whatever. So he's doing these sprints, and I just see out of the corner of my eye, because I have to watch Blair run, because I've never seen Blair run ever in my life. And, you know, I've known Blair, I don't know, probably a decade plus, probably like 10 yeah, or 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah r- roughly around that. And then I just see him eat shit super hard after running like <laughs> five to 10 meters, just ass over tea kettle runs. And then what does he do? He picks himself up. And instead of like brushing himself off, he does like the the three sixty look to make sure no one saw him. And I totally saw. Him. <laughs> to be fair, it was more like fifty meters, and it was a controlled fall because I I got to where I realized that I couldn't get my legs out in front of me fast enough, and I was gonna fall. I was gonna bail, so I just I tried to fall, but I didn't hurt myself. Well, you know what? You know where the. You know where the bottom of the barrel is, so you can only work up. Like next time, you can run like seventy meters. <laughs> but be careful; there's like video everywhere right now. Yeah. Right? Like there's probably oh, evidence of this event somewhere. I, I wish, but you know, we were working out, and you know, if you're working out with a GoPro on your head, I uh, that's not a vibe I want to ever capture in my life. Uh, nor is it a person I want to hang out with. And if that was me, I wouldn't hang out with me. 
But anyway. <laughs> oh man. So is that is that one of the only fly-in hunts you 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 you've had, Jeff? Or is there other ones you you've gone out and done? That's that's the only uh, only one that I've I've flown into. You know, a lot of them it's just uh, you know get in the truck and, and drive and drive and drive and and go walk till you're tired. But uh, so where, where's yeah. your favorite place to go, man? You like hunting prairie, ag land, uh, crown land, yeah. you know, the public land spaces. You know, the, the last few years has been has been so nice. You know, me and my buddy John, we go up um, sort of west of Caroline, Alberta. Oh, yeah. I know, you know Kurt Brown and Country there. Uh, right. For those who don't know, famous figure skater. Shredding on the ice. But. Yeah, I know. Exactly. We just drive through. But it's, um, you know, it's just a lovely spot up there. We have the same camp that we kind of go to set up. And, you know, like we're the full Beverly Hillbillies when we go out, right? It's big diesel Dooley with the camper and a trailer with the bush truck on the back and you know off we go but it's it's a lot of fun and and uh you know there's a lot of roads up there it's active logging and it's a lot of well sites and stuff up there so you know you respect all that but um you know the beauty this year is like with the everything downturn like everything's shut in right like there's there's just not the traffic so we saw stuff up there that we'd never seen we saw mule deer which we never saw we actually had a buck mule deer in the scope and it's like John, what's the regs? Can I shoot this? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's actually, I, I, I'm being generous. It was actually him with it in the scope, but it was, uh, and it's like, I don't know. You know, like I, we haven't even looked. We didn't anticipate a mule deer. We didn't know if they're general or not. So mm. turn out we could have. Oh, wow, we, wow. So there's, there's, there's a general tank. There is general a, a general. Oh, actually, awesome. elk is general up there too, which uh, I've never seen. But it's like, like four pointer better or yeah, something. Yeah, three pointer yeah. better. Or something pointer. like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we actually we were idling along this road, sort of going one area to the next, and a big old, you know, immature bull, but a big old moose ran across. We've never seen a moose up there. So this was quite the, the, the trip for... Oh, uh, man, that's, that's awesome. I think, uh, well, so last, last year, so Blair drew a coveted tag in one of the super wildlife management units, and we, we had been seeing elk in the area forever and ever and ever. Yeah, and I waited a long time to get drawn. <laughs> yeah, and Blair got drawn. I think we took five or six days, and we reached out to... Our normal well, we went to our normal spot. I reached out to friends of friends of friends of friends, and we saw nothing. There was nothing. Oh, right. But now, at the same point this year, um, because there was a whole bunch of land status changes, especially uh, west of Nanton, apparently, right. it's pushed a whole lot of these animals out, and now they the whole area is apparently lousy with them. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and uh, I, I don't think I've told this to Blair yet, but the look on his face, the disdain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I knew we were in trouble last year when the rancher we knew up there, he had a neighbor that got drawn and it was, we were in the last week and he said, oh yeah, I don't, I don't think he's got his elk yet this year either. And I'm like, oh man, when the guy that lives here hasn't got his elk, we were in trouble. Yeah. It's one of the best, uh, I think in, you know, I grew up in, well, grew up, I had a lot of time in Prince George and there everyone has a moose in the yeah, like, Well, I feel you have to hunt you know, if you live up there. Or yeah, it's kind of a right really much passage, else to do, right? Yeah. Like everyone asks you, what are you, what are you doing this weekend? And if you say, I'm watching Dancing with the Stars, you'll probably not have a lot of friends, right? So, <laughs> um, we, uh, we had a lot of moose, but um, that's where I got to like elk is, uh, is, is I think one of my faves. And, but uh, we had a, it, just back to that uh, honey camp up at, uh, uh, up the Musqua that we were talking about. They had a, uh, a tremendous uh, cook, who, and she was doing, uh, like, sheep was on the menu oh, wow. a lot. And, like, like, I'd never had, like, bighorn sheep. It was something you don't get a chance to eat much in. Oh, my God. It was just so good. I love lamb, but this was, like, a step better. And the way she did it was just... Yeah, like, I've yeah. always heard stories that, like, uh, like stone sheep are gross, a bighorn is gross. So then I was at a random dinner one night, and stone sheep was on it, and... I was kind of, uh, eh, you know, I was looking at it and then I just said, when are you ever going to eat one of these? And right. it was amazing. Yeah. It, it, it blew me away. Yeah. And that was not really what I had, uh, had understood to be the taste. But isn't that the thing with all wild game? It's about the preparation, right? Yeah. Like anyone yeah. can cook it badly. It takes... Uh, anyone can process it badly. Yeah. Anyone can yeah. cook it badly. Yeah. yeah you, you get a piece of meat, there's still all the silver skin on it and you're trying to break your teeth off. And yeah. Sheep, I honestly wouldn't have thought sheep would be good at all. Like I thought it would be like tough and chewy. Yeah. So, no. so how the they... She did, yeah, I was going to say how they yeah. serve it for you, Jeff. Yeah, no, it was... It was uh, I, it, I, I know it smelled good for a long time, so I think she was cooking it pretty low and slow. Mm. And... Uh, you know, but not you can't go too long because there's not a lot of fat in it, yeah, right? Like it's not it. like a brisket or something. 
but uh, my other f- fun thing that I love to do, right, is, uh, is smoking f- food. But, uh, you know, she uh, she did it in, in kind of in an oven and long, low, slow oven. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. And oh, basic, wow. like nothing, not a lot of sauce, not anything, just, just that. Just hit it with the right, the right flavors. Yeah. And was, yeah. Oh, man, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's lovely. Oh, wow. Wow. So what else do they feed you while you're out in the middle of this uh, isolated camp, I guess? Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, we, we caught, caught a few fish and uh, had some of that so, in so there. So like lake, and, lake trout or? It was, uh, it, yeah, no, it was in the, uh, it was in the river. So, but same, you know, same idea. And, uh, but it was all wild game. Like there's a lot of hunters that would go up there and, you know, go for the trophy. And, and you know, it's, it's something that I, I admire about everything that's done. You know, there's one thing I learned at SCI is, is you go on these hunts, but everything gets used. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a fallacy. It's one thing I love to dispel, you know, when people look at me, oh, you couldn't, oh, really? You go hunting? It's like, yeah, no, of course. You know, it's ethical is why I go hunting. And, um, you know, so they'd use whatever, whatever was left over, you know, from whatever hunt that had been, uh, been through. And uh, they kept it. They kept it frozen, and nothing, not one, one stitch went to waste. So when you guys are flying out, you're saying you're kind of in these sketchy little airplanes that look like <laughs> they were built in some guy's backyard. How how did they get everything on top of that? Like, did they did they make affordances for okay, where these guys are gonna bring this much kid out to the field, and if they get a moose or if they get an elk or whatever, that's hundreds and hundreds of pounds of meat and animal. Uh, how how did they load that? No. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, for, in my case, they, they, uh, you know, I took some and then like he met me at, uh, the Prince George airport. He just flew down with the rest of it in there. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that was that he sort of packed it in the plane, but you know, a lot of them will, they'll, they'll ship after, you know, okay. they, they, they have a, they have a whole, um, room and it's, it's like raised up so the bears can't get it. It's got, you know, the guards. So, you know crawling things can't get up there and they keep all the meat up there and they they butcher it all there and they'll ship and, and everything from it so so just everyone knows if they if they can hear the tears that are coming that is not from people who are upset about the animals i think uh i think the baby in the room is is, is getting a touch upset so it's not uh it's not that these stories are that distressing <laughs> that's awesome that they lay out another aircraft though like i had uh, i had the good fortune to be on a, a couple of float plane rides in in the far north at home man is it cool it is cool when you hit turbulence though I, I remember we hit some really bad turbulence and the whole thing was vibrating and shaking and i remember thinking that moment well this is where i die yeah. okay whatever i've had an okay go yeah. <laughs> the pilot just looked at me like i was a complete idiot because i was just <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> staring out at nothing but you know, when I lived up in the, did the far north tour, like there was, there was a few of these great flying stories. And one of them, we were in a, in a plane again, heavy for what we should be doing. We're on floats and we're on this, just this little easy to land on, hard to take off from lakes. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he's, uh, he's on this and he, he gets up on, on one, gets us right back, basically on the beach in the back, revs up like crazy. Off we go, gets up on like one pontoon. To, oh wow! You know, gets us up quick to sort of take the uh, like the the resistance off the water, and then we're just I'm just looking at this wall of trees coming, and then he kind of slaps it and takes off, slaps the other one, and then takes off. And it's like, ah, oh, you are you are a much better man than me. It's <laughs> like uh, a, it's a wild experience taking off in those float planes because they they get lift, they generate lift quite quickly. And yeah. When you land, you just it, it, I don't know how to describe it. Like if you've done a ton of flying, you, it, it's the opposite. They just land and they stop really quickly and short. All the, all the water friction, just yeah, yeah. It's so strange, and you just feel like you're in your buddy's car. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can get so slow. It's the stall, the stall wing, you know, kits that they put on them, and and it's uh, yeah, they can get down to like you know 30, 40 miles an hour, right? It's uh, so so they've not have they flown have they flown the, whole, the same aircraft the whole time you've been with them, or have they kind of swapped it out? Well, it's a, yeah, my my buddy had the same one, right? It was like a, I think it was a Cessna one hundred and eighty two or something, but it was uh, you know he he rode it like a like a trail bike. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> this thing landed everywhere, and you know he did Super Cub. He would go out and you know back in in the day when they were you know dealing with all the the wolf problem that they had up there and doing the wolf call. He, he would go around and fly around spot uh, spot uh, wolves, and that was his day. That's where he got all his hours. Like, he had like, I don't know, a couple thousand hours just spotting wolves wow. flying around. Uh, from if I'm not mistaken, 
I think one of the times we talked, you were, you were, if I recall correctly, you were thinking about getting your pilot's license. Is that still something? Yeah, you know? still, still on the on the on the thing. It was it was kind of my COVID project. I, I went out and actually bought the, the the full flight simulator gear, and uh, yeah, I've I've been looking. I, I'm gonna next couple of weeks. I'm I'm uh, hoping to start ground school. I, I got to say, with everything else, it's probably changed. You got to dress like a NASA astronaut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to keep the yeah, full respirator and everything when you're in there. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. So, what's what's your most memorable? Uh, I guess you on this hunt. Your elk. What was uh, what was your first elk exp- or your best elk experience? I don't know, like. Um. There was a good one. Yeah. Sorry for the pause. No, um, no, no. It's always good. always so good. It's a. Uh, this was my this was my first one and my first elk and there's a great story of how I actually got the antlers from this elk across the border to my cabin in Montana, <laughs> which wasn't an easy process. But it was uh, we were again up on horseback and it was a long shot across the valley and I, I didn't even have my own rifle at the time. I had my my buddies who was up there, so it was a two seventy, which is which is a little light for now. What you're sitting next to two huge. 270 Winchester fans. Right. And Mark took all his animals in Africa with 270. It's totally capable. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely <laughs> it is. You just got to hit it where you're supposed to, I right? That's all you have with to a 270. I've taken a gopher with a 270. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. There's, it's, it's, uh, it's a fantastic rifle. I, I, it's I not for everyone, though. It's, it's all preference, right? I mean, yeah, no, but it's, yeah. It, it's like a frozen rope, right? It's just uh, put it where. And, but anyway, it wasn't mine, so I was like, uh, so you see this beautiful elk, and it was, it was a six six by six, so nice nice size. And but it was three hundred plus across the valley, and and I I'm I'm a little uh, it was my first one, so I gotta gotta admit a little shaky, so you know. Excited though, right? Like yeah, oh, oh man, awesome. the adrenaline. I was just like, this is this is it. And well, you're in a you're in a horseback hunt, man. Like, yeah, that is. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, that is so. Uh, so manly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. So I, I anyway, I lined up and I, I corrected up a bit, and I, you know, my friend said, just you know, anything under four hundred yards, just send it, just do it. And and I said, ah man, and I so anyway, I went up, so I hit it a little high, and uh, you know, it it knocked it down, but it wasn't final. And, uh, so anyway, it's like down the valley and up the valley I go. Right. And, and anyway, got him, uh, and, and, and dispatched him, but we had a, a native guide, you know, kind of taking us up here and those, he, those indigenous guys, their skills, man. Oh, it was amazing. And, and, uh, hilarious. And he, he started, you know, busting my balls like day one, minute <laughs> one. And so anyway, so same thing. And we get up there and finally, and he, just the fact that it, cause we, he made me show, you know, sighted in in the camp to make sure I could shoot and I shot it was perfect like you know it was an inch high at 100 yards it was absolutely I was right on right there Just and it kind of gave me it gave me a look okay maybe you're not so stupid and then we get out and I I overcorrect for distance and he uh he, we get up there and and you know he's looking at me he goes yeah yeah you know you probably should have a shotgun and I was oh. Like, oh come on man <laughs> this is my first but anyway it, was, it turned out wonderfully and then you know we get it back and then fast forward 10 years and i try and take it across the border and i don't know that it's something that at the time i learned that <laughs> no, it was something you need a permit to get across they the border made you learn. they made me learn so, and so what was that what was that process like? Oh, that it was because <laughs> I, I can tell by the look on your face, it seems. Do I say nightmarish? Oh, it was. Re- well, you know, I gotta say the the guy was so good. He was. We I get across the border, you know, going across the, the U.S. side to our cabin, and and uh, we had a whole trailer full of stuff that were taken across, right, yeah. to sort of furniture and whatever, and sitting right up top, right, is this this nice rack of, uh, you know, my first elk, right. And uh, the, the, the good old guy at the border, and he goes, have you got, where's your paperwork for those, uh, those elk antlers? And I go, well, what do you mean? 
what do we what do you mean right and he says <laughs> what, what are you talking about what papers do and he goes well you need you know you need a thing and i was like oh shit and, he, and i said this is and like don't take him like i'll walk across back but this is my first one like please don't seize him and he goes no he says that's your first elk man he says that's precious we're not taking that <laughs> oh, no like, <laughs> like well, thank you for being reasonable so he says you come over here park over there come over here and we go over in his little thing and this is a bunch of years ago this is when before things got so crazy and He's the sitting there. It's a little easier. Yeah. And he says, where'd you get it? And he says, okay, well, you know, I'll phone this bridge climb. I'll phone Victoria. I'll bet I can get what I need and we'll let you across. And he's on there. And I think it was some holidays, so they weren't open. But he's uh, trying to phone, like, the BC government to get, like, whatever the number was he needed. Was, it, was that Coots Crossing? Is that the one? No, it's at uh, Roosevelle is where we were okay. going across. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to act like I know where that is. But it's I like don't. A, you keep going past Fernie and then you turn south. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, anyway, he was so good. And he says, I can't get it for you. But uh, he says, I'm not going to take it. He says, you know, somebody across the border, you can do so I'm putting on this terrible American accent. I apologize to my American friends. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and I say, yeah, no, I know the guys who have the duty free. So. Off I went and walked it across the border. He says, I'll phone the Canadians. I'll tell them you're coming. And I get to the Canadian side, and I'm just standing there with my passport and this rack in my hand. And they say, uh, yeah, they phone. Go ahead. So I walk around, go to the duty-free. He said, you mind? I'll give you 20 bucks. He keep it. He says, no, I heard this story. Don't you worry. And uh, back across I went. So. Oh, man, that's We awesome. got it. It's there. I'll show you a picture of my cabin with this proudly mounted well, Elk I, above the hot well, I recall we had we had plans to meet up and go down there because I had uh, I had some connections for us to do a pheasant shoot, and then well, everyone knows the story. <laughs> everyone knows the story of twenty twenty. Right, it is what being what it is. Well, dude, that's oh man, that's I I always wanted to go on a horseback hunt because all these uncles and family members of mine they have pictures of them on these on these horseback hunts and. I don't know if it's just there's kind of this ideal culture in our brain of hunting on horseback. It's so cool. There. It's yeah. so cool. And, you know, it's um, it's like everything around hunting, right? It, it kind of comes back to the primal, right? Like you're you're there, you're... you're it's in your DNA. Yeah, it really is, right? And, and uh, you know, there you are and, and sitting on a horse and, you know, pull your rifle out of the scabbard and, uh, you know, jump down like you're you're living every john wayne movie that you've ever watched right it's oh, just yeah. so cool so so how are i gotta ask how are your horsemanship skills uh well i'm, I'm mediocre at best but you know I, I i ride tend to get out every year so i'm not like horrible horrible but you know a good rider will always look at me and say what the hell are you doing there fat boy well, yeah yeah I, i've got on my wife's fat boy horse a few times <laughs> and, uh, growing up riding western where you just hold on to that Big fuck off horn. You can't get really too much rebel. So she rides English on these jumping ponies. Uh, yes. And then I remember one time I made the mistake of standing on a dressage horse, not really knowing anything about dressage, and I just moved the reins slightly, and all of a sudden this horse is doing crossovers sideways. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I'm like, oh my God, what's he doing? <laughs> like the horse dancing horses? Yeah, yeah. But it is horse dancing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's figure like skating, a, but with horses, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong. That is, uh, there's a certain craft to that. Holy crap! Like beautiful horse and everything. I was ill prepared for that moment. I did not anticipate it, but you know what? I got the photo op, and that's what matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when you do those mountain hunts on horses, like I've heard other guys say, like you, you don't worry about it too much because the horse doesn't want to go down the cliff. No, they know, <laughs> and, and but they're like. I can't speak for all of them, but I can tell you my horse was like a profound asshole. Like he did not, he did not want me on. Did your horse have a name or is it, or, or was yeah. it just wild horse number one? No, it was profound asshole. <laughs> His horse, this guy, he would, he would find two trees that only he could fit through and go through these trees. And I would have to pull the rifle out and lay, pull my feet out of the stirrups and lay backwards on it. Because he would try and scrape me off. Like this was early in the season. He was a dick. 
And I don't blame them. Like, I, I, I wouldn't want to have my big fat ass, you know, humping up a hill either. You know, was, was he honest. kind of a hot horse too, though? Like, <laughs> like sexy or? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty hot horse you got there. I, uh, I, I guess I will allude to temperament. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Man, that's one hot ass horse. <laughs> Please don't Google that, listeners. <laughs> and when did the bourbon kick in? There we go. You know what? There's a there's definitely a phase in every episode where you can tell where everybody starts feeling a little warm. But you know, I'm glad you made that comment. <laughs> yeah, no, he was half wild. Like they 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 just get him in, and they're they are truly half wild. So oh shit. Uh, so so how how do they react to getting all the tack on you throw a saddle on it yeah, and really just, pretty grouchy or what yeah completely it's like, I so, want to scrape you off like I, I can but somebody has to train these things like do they have a guy out there just breaking oh yeah them, no they do but he, they, they go like they're, they're all winter they are out there foraging on their own like it's uh, it's crazy I, I, I wouldn't think that they could survive like it gets well, cold up there that's how they used to do it back in the day like when our grandfathers were kids they just yep. come winter you just let your horses out that's right that's, that's right Oh man, yeah. All all the horses I've seen look, look very. Uh, I don't know. Well, they're, they're, the the dressage horses. Those are like the 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 Paris Hilton. Of yeah, horses. the Paris Hilton of horses. <laughs> are they? I think they're more like the Tessa Virtue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's born. Wait, is she in L'Oreal ads now? What? Yeah, I don't know. Well, she's she's doing quite well. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Can, yeah. Canadian figure skating stars, though, ma'am. There you go. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Did did Trudeau creep on her? Is that part of her? I, I don't know, <laughs> but I love uh, I love her skating partner though, where he's at the women's hockey game, and there's a video of him just crushing, double fisting Pierce, saying "Come on," <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite chirp of referees in every sport, because the first time, okay, this is totally a off topic at left field, so. Being in Calgary, Alberta, professional wrestling is the watchword. So we go to watch Prairie Wrestling Alliance, which is very much in the spirit of the old Stampede Wrestling, Heart Legacy Wrestling, you know, the Heart Family, etc. So we go, and right in front of us, there's this guy dressed up like Wolverine. And for an hour and 45 minutes, he just chirped the referee dressed as Wolverine, saying, Come on! And it was the funniest thing I had ever heard. And by the end of the night, the whole crowd was doing it. So now, whenever I'm at a sporting event, I try to get it going. And I don't know what that has to do with hunting, but God, that is so Alberta. Because like, there's a company now that sells like Stampede Wrestling shirts. You can get like Calgary Cannon shirts and stuff. Yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. They spell old school old school sports stuff yeah like all these defunct uh, sports teams from Calgary so I'm, uh, they have uh, the Calgary Rads if you remember the rollerblading oh, hockey right, team we had yeah, the Calgary 88s yeah, yeah. yeah I used to go oh my god well we <laughs> well since we're drinking bourbon I have a <laughs> similar story my friend and I back in the Calgary Cannons days and uh, we, we used to go and we'd just pick a random we'd sit behind like the visitor sort of bleacher or dug out and just pick a random guy who looked like he had a big head and we just do, <laughs> we do the whole honey I married an axe murderer thing like look at the size of the heat of that one right? look at this game you can see him from space right we just and just the whole game just chirp him and do, do that whole thing oh my Christ look he's making the ball cutter of he's got gravitation <laughs> It's just oh, man. <laughs> oh man, that's a throwback reference. Holy smokes. Uh, I love that. And you know what? With a, little, with a little luck, his life was ruined forever. <laughs> it was his last game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so Jeff, we've we've uh we've coordinated for a couple of uh Safari Club International and Calgary chapter events. Ask, man. It's your dream hunt, dude. Like internationally, uh, like uh I, I know you. I know you've been around Canada mostly. Uh, I think in the U.S., but I don't want to. I don't want to recall incorrectly. If there's one spot you could go, because I know. I know you're very. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say Asian file because that sounds gross. But like I know you spent a ton of time in Asia. Is there anything there that kind of blows your hair back? Yeah. No. Not really. I. I gotta say, like if 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 I'm gonna do a uh, do a hunt overseas, 
I, I'd want to go with you guys, right? Go to Africa and do it. Oh, right? shut and the uh, front door. Right. I am so excited. And yeah, that you, is, you can't see it, but I'm blushing really hard right I now. I know, I know. <laughs> Blair, Blair, by the way, you're selling hot dogs or flies on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what? I, I think we can make that happen, man. Like, I would love to do that at International Hunt, but... Yeah, dude, South Africa or, or elsewhere. But you know what? Blair and I hear, hearing these stories of these flying trips... I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, is that is it, is that is that still happening? Is that yeah, something we could do? Or I think we can, right? Like I, I'd love to do it again. And it's it's such a, uh, you know, the the food is so good and and uh, the the experience, right? You're in there and you got nothing. There's no cell, no anything. You're just there with the boys doing your thing. Yeah, this you don't you don't have to yeah. anything to worry about for the ten days that you're up there or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Well, well, Blair just like. So Blair and I, we, we, had, we had this discussion the other day, and we were talking about how you, you see on TV what hunting in Africa is, or hunting internationally, really, and it, it's not a fair representation at all. No. It's exactly like hunting here in North America. Right. Well, in, in some sense, except there's a lot more exotic. And well, the animals are different. Different stuff, yeah. yeah and there's a whole lot of other stuff you got to kind of navigate, but, but oh, man. Like, We've got such a cool place right at our doorstep. Oh, we are, too, we are right? so like, spoiled. We're spoiled. Well, especially being in Alberta. We're so lucky just sitting here in Calgary. We can just go an hour that way and just be like lost. Yeah. Dude, dude, rest. I've taken yeah. tw- deer 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we had a bear and a moose just walking down the street the other day. That is that is the most quintessential Canadian story, right? Like it was, remember that old show, Northern Exposure? Yeah, I The whole start, the, the moose is walking down yeah. the street. Yeah, that's, that's every other day here. And... Uh, and you know what? I can I can tell, well, because my community has a has a Facebook page. I know. Oh. So all the pumpkin spice latte drinking moms. Don't get me wrong. I love pumpkin spice lattes. But anyway, there. <laughs> you know, when there's an event like that happens, everyone knows. It, it, yeah. it, it just happens, and that's great. But I, but your favorite your favorite game animal elk. Fair to say. It's yeah, it is just just because it's so delicious. Although you know, mooses. I haven't had moose for a while. I got so burned out by it when I lived up north, right? It was like every it's like ah shit. We didn't go to the grocery store. Let's go. Oh, I guess it's moose tonight, right? And and <laughs> I guess it's moose tonight. But it's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> life, moose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only in Prince George do you get that. But. Uh, elk is, uh, is, is a fun hunt. I find, you know, like, like we go out, like, and don't get me wrong. Like anything's fun, like get out and do it. And you know, like the, the white tail, like I, I shot this poor white tail and I hadn't, it was my first time with a 300 wind mag and I oh. new rifle. And it's like, Oh man, it's like, Oh, it was just way too much, you know? And it's like, ah, come on, Jeff, be better. You know, take the 270. But, um, oh, oh. Yes, you know, yes, validation. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> no, but, you know, I wanted to have, but you know, for something like, uh, you know, one of these great long, you know, cross valley elk, uh, elk hunts. <laughs> oh, yeah, getting, somebody's getting grouchy. such a there's there's like a whole uh, um, peanut gallery that's uh, elk I know, right? This, I know, right? Uh, like, podcast. we make this comment, like, and then I shot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it makes for it. Like I'm looking at Brooke. There's pro- there's probably a way to kind of. Uh, I I don't know. He'll find. He's a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Every time I go there, I run downstairs trying to keep quiet. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he can he can edit it out. He's like the crying baby filter or whatever they got on the sounds. <laughs> exactly. Wait, wait. Is there any more of that bourbon? Why don't we pass it down to? Uh... Yeah, on his gums, isn't that? Isn't that no, 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 no. I'm saying, why don't we pass it down to the dad there? Because he's got to deal with grouchy mommy in a little bit. That might, that might take the edge off. <laughs> so, so Blair and I had a similar discussion. We were talking about, oh man, what's the best game? Mate? Best game? Mate? And I was like, oh well, you know, elk is so exotic, can't get it. And Blair goes, well, no, you can get elk in a restaurant. And there are some ah, restaurants here locally where you can get elk, yeah, yeah. but you will never find moose. Yeah, the only you way you get moose is if you know somebody that shot it, right? That's... Ah, good point. And, good point, good point. and I kind of warmed up to that because, like, I don't know, I got, I got a moose a couple of years back and last day of the season and I was driving my soccer mom mobile <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't think I've shared the story yet on the podcast, so I might as well share it. So all these buddies with the big fuck off trucks, ah, oh, dude, don't worry, if you get something, we'll totally help you. 
not expecting me to get fuck all. So I waited like five or six years to get drawn, and I was hunting with my buddy's dad and his grandfather, who was in his 80s. And I don't know, probably within an hour of being out, I ended up drilling my moose, and I was so jacked. I was so pumped. Oh, yeah. So they were on the other side of the property. I text them, and I hear rustling in the bushes. I was like, oh, it must be my buddy Trev. And Ray, I turn around. No, it's this white-tailed buck just staring at me. Right in the spot where I shot my moose, and I was like, "Oh, I got the tag!" Boom! So I drilled that one too. <laughs> so the course of 15 minutes, I had two animals down, and then of course I'm messaging everybody to come give me a hand. And then we all know the way it goes, right? Oh yeah, I'll totally lend you hand until it's time to lend you a hand. Yeah. Yeah. So no one decided to show me up, so I have my soccer mom mobile, and uh, the 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 two elder gentlemen there are like, "How the hell are you going to fit this thing in this soccer mom mobile you got?" I go, it's cool. I grew up playing Tetris, and they looked at me saying, "What? The, what the hell is that?" So we had to we had to navigate the pieces of this moose. Yeah, a little bit of redneck Tetris. Yeah, yeah, it was aggressive redneck Tetris for sure. And then uh, at at the time, Blair had a, a full blown, I don't know, like, butchery. Do I say butchery? Yeah, okay. Butchery. Butchery. Abattoir. Blair's butchery. Yes, Blair's butchery set up in his garage, so he like only steal tables, everything. So I show up at his house because I was like, hey, man, I, I got to drop this off. Yeah, sure. No worries. Show up. And it it was a several man lift to just get the fragments of this moose out. And this guy was walking his kids down the street. And they saw all of us struggling oh. with this bloody moose. And uh, yeah, and he just kind of covered the kids eyes and like turned them around and walked the other way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have given him a shot. Should have taken him over and let him see it. You can't. Right? Want it. <laughs> it's uh, like, like uh, you know, raises a point though, doesn't it? Like you know, like it's, 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 it doesn't grow in styrofoam trays with plastic over it, right? If you're gonna eat meat, and if you don't, it's a whole different story, right? Then you can throw rocks however you want, have your opinions, and I, it, that's all good. But you know, if if you eat meat. You should probably go out and get your hands take, bloody. Take it's that, the most right? ethical way to eat. Take that it ownership. is incredibly ethical. It's the, mo- the most ethical way. Yeah, taking that that ownership. And man, the, the meals we had, uh, oh my God. Man. Wow. That was a good year in general, I think, because between you and me and the rest of the guys there, I think we put like seven animals through my garage. Yeah, yeah. And somehow Blair ended up with a deep freeze that a serial murderer would be, <laughs> be jealous of. Outstanding. It was, it, was, it was a pretty good one. Oh, is that the? We got the little dude with us. He's probably the youngest guest we've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, well, he's happy doing now. great. He's doing great. Brooke, we gotta get your microphone for the odd times you need to chime in, my friend. <laughs> oh man, look, look at this little guy. You know what? He's drilling because you know he heard all this talk about hunting and meat up here. Exactly. Oh, that. can we can we talk for just one second about cooking? Oh, sure. Okay, because. Here's the thing. Uh, there's a uh, there's a sous vide, right? Which is like the water bath. Oh yeah, that's and if you the guys only way done to cook this, game meat. It's the best way to oh, cook game meat. Yeah. Right? I, I'm sorry. This has been covered before. No, no, we haven't talked know, about I, it on the show. No, no. Blair's oh, man, got one. A, it is <laughs> just just, just watching Mark rub his belly. In the <laughs> <laughs> like the needless to say, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> How deep is your belly button? Sorry. Anyway, okay, but tell us. Tell <laughs> us your sous vide game meat recipe. No, no, no. It's okay. Well, it's 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 uh, it's such a wonderful way. It's like it's like smoking, but like game meat is so you know lean. Lean, yeah. It doesn't lend itself to smoking, so you know do it in the sous vide, and and you can put whatever you want in it. You know, I love you know sort of I, one of my favorites. It sounds kooky is like onions and bourbon. Kind of goes in, seal it up, and. Um, and let her let her go so, for like three or yeah. four hours. That's, well, what that's kind of, the way you do it. Like when I butcher mine, I put in like the rosemary and garlic. I put it all in and vacuum seal it and freeze it just like that. So I can yeah. throw it right in the sous vide frozen if I want. What uh, what what cut are you throwing in there, Jeff? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. The best are the roasts. Yeah. I I'll do my yeah. roast twenty four hours in the sous vide, and then I throw them right in the fridge and let them chill. And then I have a like I have like a deli meat slicer, Ooh. and then I just like slice them real thin. And I got like. Just Sandwich deer beef kind of dips thing. all yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, Shit, we did a, we did a bear a bear pastrami. Yep. A couple of years a, back. Yeah, bear pastrami and bear ham. Oh man, that was. God, I, sorry, I'm at a loss for words. No, I want to get. I actually want to get a bear because, like, a lot of people don't like bear meat because you have to cook the hell out of it, right? 
but I think I can do it in the sous vide medium rare if I hold it for a long time. Yeah. Because it's just a function of time and temperature, right? Exactly. Like it, it like bear meat is, we all want to cook it too much because it, it, yeah, you don't want trichinosis. Right. But well, you, you don't want to chew on leather. I think leather. you can, yeah, I think yeah. you can hold it at that medium rare if you do it for like, it starts to like, they, the, the, uh, nasty, sh- ah, we're on your podcast. Nasty shit starts to die at like 125, 130 degrees, yeah. right? So you can go to like 135, like rare, 140, and just hold it you longer. Hold it. Yeah, and it'll be the food's it's like, like pasteurizing. Yeah, right? like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like pasteurizing milk, yeah. Because like when they say like the food safe temperature, that's keep that's when you get the meat up to like that temperature for two seconds. Yeah. Everything's dead. Yeah, that's why they say 165, because it dies, you know. Instantly. Yeah. And like I think you can hold I'm, I don't know. Maybe I might be wrong. This is my theory, but I I, I want to get a I want to get a bear maybe next spring and and try to get some medium rare bear and see oh, what it tastes like. I imagine it would just be fantastic, right? Like I've done like pork roasts, like medium rare, and it's a whole different experience. Yeah, it's like a having, different yeah. because you can get textures with the sous vide that you can't get with any other yeah. cooking method. Yeah, no, I take it out and have your barbecue up to five hundred and just sear the outside with a glaze or something, caramelize it and then serve it. Oh, that's a good time. Oh man, how we do for time Mark? Because I'm getting real hungry now. <laughs> you know what? Talking about all this meat, goddamn. Makes me hungry for meat, which I'm sure is a whole bunch of videos on really bad racks that no one wants to rent. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Google that. But anyway, it's 2020. Live your life. But anyway, <laughs> well, how how are we doing for time? I've uh, I've kind of lost track. Fifty two minutes. Yeah, usually we talk for about an hour. And uh, I I had Blair and Blair Senior on uh, online the other day. I know. Oh God, I'm, I may feel like we're sequentialing it, which I'm trying not to do. Oh, oh, we got the young lad chiming in there. Yeah, yeah, he's hungry too. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? His demand for food is way more cool than ours, though, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I never noticed. He's got a little, uh, a little bib that's got uh, deer on it. That's perfect. Oh, there you go. Oh man, we got future sport. Look how happy he is. Look how happy he is. Just smiling all this. Yeah. Well, nobody else can see this. This makes this makes great great audio. Well, (laughs) well, you know what? You know what, Blair? It's a. it's a real stress test for you on descriptive scales on the microphone set. Yes. There's a guy with a baby. There, I've described it. Yeah, yeah, there's a guy with a baby. He's looking at us. He's smiling. He's happy. And every time we... Yeah, see? He's chiming in. And every, and every time we talk about food, he gets really pumped. Every time we talk about taking an animal, he also gets pumped. And anytime he can't hear that, he gets sad. And, and, and you know what? That... that that speaks to the hunter and DNA because when I don't get an opportunity at something, I get sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, sous vide is the way to do it. I've, I've had a lot of people that I've, oh, I don't like venison or I don't like game meat. And yeah. they've had bad game meat in the past. And like my mother's one of them. They, my grandfather was a big hunter and that's what they pretty much were raised on. And she hates deer meat. Well, the but I gave her sous vide deer meat that I've made. Yeah. And she's like, this is actually really, really good. I, I remember Tell the first it. time I saw your setup at your house, Blair. I thought you had like a fucking hair roller hitting some water. And <laughs> the only thing I think it was that scene in Adam's family where she drops the fucking radio into the pool to try to kill faster. I was like, Blair, is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> If you had like this collection of ping pong balls, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what the water doesn't evaporate. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I don't even went to university, but like, fuck you. Are you part of a frat house? Like, are you are you trying to shark people? So, so Jeff, I gotta ask because we we are in the general season. Uh, for those who don't know, Jeff and I met uh, over November. Yeah, the the men's health. Um, uh, awareness campaign, fundraising campaign. Um, you know, you know what? I think it's appropriate to kind of dive into it on this show. Yeah, we're very um, unfortunately we are without our bartender today, so it's uh, it's a little bit of a sausage fest or a yeah, hockey I, or I'm a out. hockey party as they say. Right. <laughs> it was it was fun. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know. You want you, you want to drop any November information? Or? Yeah. No. It's uh, it's. Uh, you know the the sad truth you know and, and i'm sure a lot of your listenership uh will be male um just by stats and you know we tend to die too young and we uh, tend to not look after ourselves and you know it's something that uh 
you know, I think Movember has done a tremendous job at bringing to a forefront that, um, you know, you grow a stupid mustache and uh, you, it starts conversations. And as guys in this, it's funny, the irony of doing this on a podcast where it's a bunch of guys talking to each other um, is exactly it that uh, Movember should do. It's burned this conversation, you raising it and saying like, what, what is it? And, you know, as, as guys, we should be better. We should look after ourselves better. We should worry about our mental health as well as our physical health. And 100%, yeah. you know, especially like now, like, it's, like not, don't be embarrassed about it either. That's, yeah, that's like, the big one. Like, you know, I'll say it, like, be a man and talk about what's troubling you, you know? And, um, with everything that's going on now, like there's uncertainty around your job, uncertainty around, you know, everything that, that is happening in the world, you should be um, cognizant that it's going to have a mental toll. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a great thing. Yeah, we were, we were big, like with the barbershops. Um, we did lots, uh, you know, for many years around November, and uh, I, I still support it today. I'm a big fan. Yeah, awesome. And I'm not going to lie, it's general season in Alberta in November. There's nothing more badass and metal then taking a photo with the animal you just harvested and you're rocking a slick mustache. <laughs> well, and I, I will add, like, if there's any young people listening, like, November's now this No Nut, Nuve- no nut November. With Wait, the what? What? No, no Nut, nut November? November where, where they all, like, hold their nut for a whole month. Don't do that. That contributes to prostate cancer. That's a bad Wait, idea. What? What? <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah, that's, that's the cool thing with all the kids on the internet. Wait, okay. wait, you, you mean testicles don't hold the pee? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, everybody knows the bigger testicles, the more pee you produce, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's just science. I read it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the kids these days in November try to go the whole November without nutting. Why? No nut November. Because like, the Blair, internet Blair? is a special place. Oh, Blair, Blair what is nutting? Are they like squirrels? Are they like foragers? Yeah, would, would no you, eating nuts for the for November. So like, how, how many nuts can you fit in your cheeks? Is that kind so? Of like, like you're not supposed to go around like just crushing acorns. <laughs> no, you just, you just got a bunch of young guys that don't try to jerk off for the whole month of November. That's that's the new internet thing. I'm not gonna lie, I think this is the first time I've heard the word jo on on the podcast. But you know what? Yeah, we popped the pop the podcast cherry and Ew, started talking about gross. That sounds so nasty. It sounds so nasty. <laughs> but anyway, but but dude, so Blair and I, we have this friend, and he had a rule that he couldn't eat meat in the month of November until he shot something. Yeah, until he season. shot an animal. Ah, he, would, okay. he would go vegetarian until he got during so, hunting season. Yeah, and it was okay, really, that's a challenge that I can accept. Like, but it, it, you know. it was aggressively funny because his costume one year was Mr. Slave from South Park, and <laughs> he didn't really have the uh, the lip power to grow a solid mustache, so he glued one on. <laughs> And oh. so he's he's like, and he like around extra a, glued, glued glued it on, so it it, didn't it was there for really weeks. Come off, oh, no. so he was out hunting. We have pictures of him. Oh, I think yeah, I think I have pictures. He's of him wearing like he's wearing the village people like leather biker hat with his fake mustache glued to his face, and we like, stopped. We'd stop briefly, and all of a sudden the door opens, and I was like, "What the fuck is that noise?" And he had combat rolled with his glued on mustache and his. <laughs> S&M daddy gear and <laughs> ran out in the field and, and I go well I guess we're not seeing him again for the rest of the day and then you know he eventually came back and everything and then just just seeing uh, we really see him a lot after that because he and I were kind of grouchy at him but anyway his social media posts were super funny because he goes Oh man, the bacon dreams are becoming more intense. Like, like <laughs> the he, best he said, was, he got a flyer from a grocery store and he started getting all hot and bothered because he was getting meat <laughs> sections. Oh, the uh, best was hunting with him, but he still had this fake mustache on his face the whole time, <laughs> and it was a bad fake mustache too. Well, yeah. well, 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 you know. I, I think. Oh, sorry, Jeff. You didn't say. No, no, no. I just, I, you know, like better than Tide Pod Challenge. That's all I'm saying. Right? At least you're gonna. It, you yeah, know what? Yeah. It, it was something, and you know, it would have been funnier if he was just wearing the whole like leather speedo, like just like Sean Connery and whatever that was. R.I.P. But anyway, indeed. But you know, I, I think we've reached the end of our time. I'm looking at Brooke. He's giving us the signal. Uh, Jeff, do you have any parting words of wisdom or etc. for? 
our listeners. I hope there's listeners. <laughs> and, well, and, well and we're listening. Enough. Enough. Yeah, yeah, we're listening, and that's entertaining enough. Let's just stop <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. But, no, thank you. Well, thank you both for uh, for inviting me on. It's uh, it's uh, it's you're two amazing dudes, and uh, we don't get a chance to hang out enough. So. The fact that we can come and do this and talk about uh, something we all love and how well, great is that? Right? Well, you are a busy man, and uh, Jeff is a huge supporter of what we do, everything that's going on. And you know what? If you were in the area, get get your hair done at Best of Seven because I've seen his hiring practices, and man, they are neat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll tell my barber Kyle you said so. You know what? I know. Here's the funny. I know Kyle because he used to cut my hair somewhere else, and he's like this rockabilly guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sense, he, yeah. he would hang out with me and talk to me about comic book movies. So I was like, shit, I better, I better start watching these. So I have something to talk about with this guy. Yeah. No, they're they're lovely people. They're all yeah, lovely. Yeah, people. and and you know what? You're uh, a, a real community driven person. Um, a real uh, others over self, and uh, over the years we've become great friends. And I'm uh, I'm so glad to call you friend, Jeff. As a hunter, as a friend, uh, as an Albertan man, you're uh, you're a top notch guy, and uh, we need more people like you out there, especially in the support you do for so many good causes. Uh, thank you, thank you. That's that's fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Thank yeah, you thanks, thanks for you're busy. Thanks for giving us the time, Jeff. No. Yeah, absolutely. Your time is valuable, so we uh, we thank you very much. Anyway, that's uh, I think that's gonna be a wrap for today. Um, rock and roll. Stay safe out there, and everybody have a great season.